to see everyone today. My parent, my parents slipped in this weekend, my birthday weekend. Glad my dad and mom are here. Fred and Gay Green. <laughs> Wonderful surprise. Got to go get dinner with him last night. My mom went to the we had some kids in the church have a birthday party. My mom got to go be a part of that. My dad, we got to go get ourselves a good steak. And uh, we enjoyed our time together. And so that was, it was good. And uh, I'm just thankful they're in town. And then uh, I'm glad that Sister Bonnie's in town, one of, our, one of our friends, missionary, getting out there helping foreign nations hear about Jesus. Thank God for Sister Bonnie. Appreciate her. And uh, she's in town for a little while. Uh, maybe General Conference. Is that why you're in General Conference? Yeah, I thought so. So she'll be in for a little bit. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Psalms 119 and 103 is where we're going to go today in the word of the Lord. Beautiful scripture here. Love it. I love it. It's so beautiful. And Psalms 119, 103, Keller, all the way to 112. And I think I'm in the New King James Version today. And... Um, I just, I love this portion, this song, this word that was given in the Old Testament. I think it's wonderful. I think it's full of wisdom, and I think it makes a great point that I feel today for us, and I'm, I'm praying that we'll all just be nice and open today and vulnerable to the Spirit of God. Uh, this is a safe place at this church, and I try to lead by being more open and vulnerable so that you feel safe. Sometimes there are preachers that it seems like they can do no wrong, and then you hang around them and find out that there's lots of wrong. I try to just go ahead and be real and open, and I found that, that God's anointing flows faster through open people, and God moves quicker and grows us faster when we're open. Psalms 119 and 103, how sweet are your words to my tastes, sweeter than honey to my mouth, through your precepts. I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's one of my favorite, most favorite scriptures. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. I'm afflicted. Revive me. I'm, I'm going through it, but revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, I pray, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord. And teach me your judgments. My life is continually in my hand. Yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me. Yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as a, a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Your, your testimonies, I, I hold them as a heritage. I, I, I put them up like a picture of grandma on the wall. I, I remember what you've done for me. When I look back on the plan and the path, I have to remember your goodness. Because when the enemy tries to lay us a snare, I look and I have a heritage of your testimonies behind me. So, so far in this verse, in this scriptures, we have the word of God, which is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. And then we have the illumination or memory of the past path that God has taken us down. 
so in this one uh, section of Scripture, we've got where we are, we've got where we can go, and we've got where we've come from. And all three are important. And God wants to use all three. God wants you to have a clear perception of all three. God wants you to know where you are. God wants you to see where you're going. And God wants you to never forget where he brought you from. And that's what this word is all about. And this is how we're going to make it. And this is how he's learned to make it. And I love it. Last scripture in verse 112. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. That's a really cool scripture. I'm going to get to the end. I'm going to finish this path. I can see it so clearly. I'm going to make it. And whenever you let this process work in you, it will let you get to the end. And you will make it through anything. Everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless you today. You can be seated. I need to go on a diet, I guess. My neck is about to choke me out. This, uh, this shirt is... The shirt shrunk. And, uh, that's what happens when you get 40. Your clothes start shrinking. Yeah. I mean, you know what birthday present was today? Today's birthday present? A, a dozen donuts. Was delivered to my office by my wife, of all people. There was a time when Round Rock Donuts showed up, and I was only allowed to have two max. And today I got 12. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. But these buttons are screaming. So I'm going to give them a little grace today. Psalms 119 is the longest and maybe more perfect of its Kind in the book of Psalms. Every group of eight verses begins with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. From beginning until the entire alphabet is completed, it is perfect in its design. To be as old as it is, it was written with such intentionality. I love the flow of Psalms 119. David is reflecting on the process of following God's plan for his own life and all that went into that, that process. And there are three sections in our reading today that are going to be broken down for us as I make it hopefully make sense. And let's go just through this a little slower. The first section, verses 103 and 104, we find the introduction to the context we find David comparing the word of God to the taste of honey and the ideas as to great understanding. He even goes on to state that he hates every false way, but he loves the word of God. He loves it. This introduction reveals the level of maturity that David has arrived at. Only the immature call God's word bitter seeking wisdom and direction of mere mortal men. I would rather have the Word of God hidden in my heart 
than have all of YouTube videos downloaded and have all of Wikipedia inside my mind. I would rather have the Word of God in my life. David said, I got here because the Word of God was like honey. It was enjoyable. It was sweet. Live a while and you'll find out that the Word of God is greater than you ever realized when you were younger. Maybe when you were young, you didn't think you needed it, but when you get older, you realize, you know what? Those are words of life. Those are words of truth. That book right there can save me. That book right there, I need that. That's like honey to my lips. So David is starting by bragging about the Word of God, and that's where eventually he ends up talking about is what the Word of God can do in our lives if we'll allow it to be a sweet thing that we enjoy. I say today, live a little while, and and you'll see what many of us have seen, that God is faithful and the world is false. That the Word of God is trustworthy, but I cannot trust the things of this world. I do not trust them, but I trust in God's Word. David, it sounds like to me someone tired of buying into that, that get-happy-quick scheme that everybody tries to sell us in our modern-day culture. Yep. You will never dust off your Bible and get this word into you until you get tired of getting bad directions. You've got to get to the place in life where you're just tired of bad directions. You're tired of ending up in the ditch. You're tired of hearing that guy's advice and that guy's and that YouTube and that internet search. And you get to the place in life where you finally realize, I'm going to need something to help me get out of this mess I'm in. I'm tired of getting bad directions. David is having this, this confession where he's realizing that I, I love the Word of God because it's good directions. It helps me get where I want and need to go. Well, sometimes my phone, which I rely on greatly to survive in this world, I, it doesn't know that a new road has been added to the map. That's frustrating. And sometimes when I'm following the map, the street is not there. But when I look with my eyes, the street's there. But on my map, it's a field. But in real life, it's a street. And my phone, God bless Siri, she's so confused because she doesn't know how to get me where I want to go. And the issue with being on the false way and getting bad directions is the amount of time you waste. It's not that you can't get out of it. It's not that you can't get there eventually. It's what you could have had if you would have listened earlier. And so many people put off good directions and getting deep into God's Word because they say it doesn't matter, I'll get there eventually. But what I hate about getting bad directions is the time I feel like I'm wasting that I could be doing something else, but I find myself just sitting here wasting time going in circles for 40 years. And that's what gets me. So I want to get to where I'm trying to go. I want to get there. I don't like bad directions. I want truth. Does anybody else want truth? I don't like playing games. I don't like to just take anybody's advice. I want the truth, and I want a, I want a guaranteed way. 
So he's talking about direction. Everybody say direction. He's talking about this process of how to get from here to there. I'm talking about what we need to use to get from here to there. And then we move to the second section, his main topic. This is verses 105 to 110. The Word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What do you use to get this journey done? He said, the Word of God. The Word of God can get me where I need to go. But I like to preach more. This is just me. I like to focus and highlight more on the feet part, personally. This is what I've always done. Because a lot of preachers and a lot of YouTube preachers talk about the path. They don't talk about the place that you're currently at. And I'm the kind of pastor, preacher, man, that I like to deal with the ugly where I am now so that I can get somewhere. And this is how we have destiny. You know, you hear everybody say destiny. and You know, you hear some cool preacher. He's like, you have a purpose. You have a destiny. God's got plans. And for I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. And that's the kind of stuff we quote and we speak and we get riled up on. But we, we never want to talk about where we currently are. And what David was confessing is something rarely confessed. David said that, that he, God does not just want to take me somewhere and talk about my future. But God first wants to find out and deal with where I'm at. And what I have found in my study is that the first thing God does before he takes you somewhere is he first shows you where you are. The law showed you you were a sinner before Christ called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Step one, I'm in trouble. Step one, it ain't good. Step one, I'm in a mess. Step one, I need help where I'm at. And, and I, I felt today in the Holy Ghost, I felt to talk to a bunch of, maybe people haven't heard me talk about this, I felt to talk about how you've got to get good and get comfortable with talking about your feet This is, a, this is a feet church. We believe the devil has been defeated. Some of y'all don't get it. It's a joke. It's spelled different. Different word. But this is a feet church. And this is a different kind of church. Because I've, I've seen a lot of different kind of churches. And I watch them online just like you do. And most of the messages are about your future. But we rarely deal with our feet. And there is no future if there is no discussion of your feet. I'll prove it to you with real life stuff that we deal with, okay? Whenever I'm trying to go somewhere on my phone, and I'll say, Siri, give me directions to, to Walmart. H-E-P, that's better, H-E-P. <laughs> Almost at Target, we're praying about that. <laughs> Lord, give me directions to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Hobby Lobby. And there have been times, there have been times on my phone 
that Siri got a little bit offensive because she asked me for something personal. And I thought it was a little bit invasive for a robot. And I'm married. And she asked me, can I access your location? You know, some of you conspiracy theorists out there, you put your phone in water before you talk about your credit card. You go hide it because you think the government's, they are. They're listening. Oh, let's just admit it. They are. Okay, it's fine. But uh, it don't, it's okay. But, uh, you know, there's been times she's asked me very personal questions. She said, do I have access to where you are? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know you like that, Siri. I'm thinking, what are you going to do with this information? And I'm like, no, decline. And she's like, sorry. I can't help you get to B if you won't let me have A. And I'm like, no, you will tell me how to get there. And she's like, no, it's impossible, sir. I cannot get you to your path if you will not give me access to your place. I cannot get you where you need to go if you won't let me get close enough to tell you where you are. If you won't show me them ugly feet, then I can't give you a future. And I've seen so many people not ever get their future because they wouldn't let anybody talk about their feet. Think I'm scared of you? I'm 40, y'all. I'm 40 and my clothes don't fit. I ain't scared of none of y'all. I'm preaching at I'm conference next week. They already booked me, so they can't cancel. So here's the thing. I don't have pretty feet. I got ugly feet. I got ugly feet. My toes are crooked. You're, anybody else witness? Thank you. See, look at, look at how the spirit changes when someone takes their shoes off. Me standing up here as a pastor with shoes off is the spirit I want to convey. Because step one, you've got to be willing to talk about your flaws. You've got to be willing to dig up the scary stuff. You've got to be willing to deal with the reality of what it looks like where you are. We don't want to talk about it. We want to skip over that. We want to go find a future church, not a feet church. And we want to get that kind of ministry because that makes us feel good, but we never move. And the will of God for you is to move, to go forward, to run the good race, to run forward, to push forward, to stay on the straight and narrow. But you cannot have future if you're not willing to unlock the feet. It's ugly. It's dirty. It's nasty. But it's required for you to go forward. You've got to be willing to let people, to let God see your feet.
get any point across today. It's that you've got to, to have a future, to have a point B in your life, to get to the next destination. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable enough to say, it's dirty. It's crooked. It's not pretty. I've been some places. I've got some drama. I've picked up a few things. Yet my feet tell the story of where I've been, and it's nasty, and it's dirty. how it works in the kingdom of God. If you can't talk about the dirt and you can't talk about the truth of where you are, then you will have no future. You will have no anointing. You'll have no ministry. God will not use you. God will not take you to destiny. You've got to first deal with where you are. If you're not willing to deal with where you are, you can't even go forward. I want something to happen in every one of us today that's in this place. Anybody watching online, I want something to free in you where you get the boldness to take your socks off. Spiritually speaking, you stop being afraid of how ugly it currently is. You stop being afraid of the sins that you're battling today and last night. And you just get to the place where you expose it and you own it and say it's real. And I'm fighting it and I'm battling it and I'm not ashamed anymore. Because I want future more than I care about what you think about me. I don't care. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the pain and the suffering. Get nasty, feet get stinky. Oh, how many times have I been on a road trip? And we were out running and doing things. We get back in the van and it's hot, and all of a sudden you smell something. And we, in our family, I don't know how you do it in your family, we do a foot check. Why do we do that, y'all? We investigate the smell, we start sniffing our own feet, we start pulling socks off, looking for the source, make you want to throw up. Y'all, feet have the ability to stink so bad. But if you won't call it out, the smell lingers. And if you don't expose it, it gets worse. And if you don't get shoes off and find out who it is, then everybody suffers. I don't care how you feel about it. I'm stuck in the van with you. We're going to figure out which one of you dirty little monsters has stinky feet. And we're going to throw that thing out the window because it's eight more hours on this trip. And I'm paying for it. And so we're going to get this dealt with today because I'm not about to suffer because of your problems. We're in this together. So don't you be mad when somebody across the church says, I smell something. They're talking about my smell. I wanted to cover that up. You're in the, you're, it's too tight in here. We're too close. We drank from the same cup, got baptized in the same name. We've got the same spirit. I'm sorry. You can't keep your stinky life. You've got to understand that you're affecting everybody else in your life. You owe it to everybody else to expose it, to wash it, and cleanse it. It's my life, preacher. Leave me alone. No, you're riding in our van. When you roll up in the church and you get the blessing of joining the Holy Ghost van to heaven, now you've, it affects everybody around you. And this whole I'm an individual, I'll do my own thing, doesn't work in the body of Christ. The body of Christ. I don't have control over this. He does. And, and, and it matters 
that we're open and vulnerable and we're willing to expose the stinky, the ugly, and the hidden. And when you do, David says, then you finally can look and see the path. Because the Word of God does not just tell you where you're going to go, but the Word of God tells you where you are. And we have got to stop skipping scriptures that try to take our socks off. Somebody said that, they're going to knock your socks off. I want preaching that knocks my socks off. I want a word that knocks my socks off. I want a revelation that knocks my socks off. I want something that knocks my socks off so I can see the real truth about who I am, where I am, because I'm destined and I'm called for more than stinky feet. And so are you. Somebody clap your hands if you believe that God's got more for you than the trash you've been living in. God's got more for you than the problems that are facing you. God's got more for you than the mess that you find your family in. If you'll give God the feet, he'll give you the future. Now, my dad said, look, it's your birthday. You don't have to preach long today, and I'm, I'm with you, Dad. I'm not going to. I'm almost done. When we go to church, church family, we want to spend all our time talking about where our feet are going. And we want to ignore where our feet are at. But you can't do that. It's impossible. No. Verse 107, let me hurry. He says, I'm afflicted, but revive me, O God. It hurts looking at my feet. Hey, what's the first thing to get hurt on the journey? The feet. When you're walking, what hurts guaranteed when you're walking? Your feet. Corns. Got a confessional service spirit coming out now. Don't tell too much. Leave something for Jesus to know. But the first thing that begins to afflict on the journey of life and faith is your feet. And he admitted and said, I'm afflicted, but revive me, oh God. Nothing you can't fix. There's no foot you can't massage that cramp out of. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, God can help you with it. But you've got to confess it. I'm afflicted. I'm battled. I'm torn. But Lord, revive me. God, help me. Pick me up out of the mess that I'm in. I'm willing to talk about it, and you're willing to help me with it. Verse 107. Verse 108, he says, accept my offering of sincere prayer. Teach me, O God. Verse 109, he says, every day I will let you direct my life. It's in your hands. Look what happens when you let God deal with your feet. It opens up a flow of direction and revelation for your future. We must be balanced, church family. Everybody say, must be balanced. There's no such thing as an all-path word from God. No such thing. Any preacher that will put you on a path without a cost is a false prophet. Any preacher that lets you believe you'll be rich without a sacrifice is a false prophet. Any preacher that prophesies over you uh, bliss and, and pie in the sky and doesn't give you the rest of the story, it will cost you sacrifice, is a false prophet. There is always a feat topic when there's a great future before you. Always. And so we will never have a word where it's all path. But here's my attitude. Don't preach to me about my future unless you can help me figure out first where I'm at, preacher. Don't tell me where I'm going if you won't deal with where I am. 
Because if you can't help me see where I am, then it doesn't matter how much you tell me to go. In fact, you'll just frustrate me because you'll make me so excited about my future, but I'll have no power to get there. Yeah, yeah, don't preach I'm going to heaven and not ask me if I'm first in sin. That's deceptive. That's building your own kingdom, not his kingdom. That's not setting you free at all. First have to deal with where you are. But listen, there's also no such thing as an all feet word. We got to be in balance. I want my preaching, I want the ministers of our church to be in balance. I want to make sure that our, our church is in balance. It, it's also not your feet only. It's also not every Sunday talking about your sin. It's also not every time we meet talking about your failures. It's also not just you and your nasty and your mess. There's got to be a balance. Because for every message, I look at your feet. I need to talk about your future. And when you talk about somebody's feet, don't stop there. Talk about their future. If you have the boldness to call me out in the van and tell me I'm stinky, at least give me hope that I can get clean. Don't just go around the church finding fault with your brother and your sister saying you stink and you stink and you messed up and you messed up. You better balance this thing out and say, but you've got hope and you've got future and you can be pure and you can be saved and you can be free. Because there's, there's lots of types of churches. And some churches balance or they tip to the side of future, future, future. And some tip to the feet, feet, feet. But we've got to have a healthy balance in our church and our ministries and the way we deal with people individually. We've got to make sure that when we deal with feet and we reveal where people are, we always close the ending, the service, with where they can go. That's the gospel message. The word of God reveals our feet and reveals our future. But there is no future if there is no discussion of where I am, what I'm dealing with, and the sins and temptations I'm battling. Now, verse 110 says, The wicked have laid a snare for me. Of course they have. Yes, they will. They're coming for you. The wicked have tried to trap you and take you out. The wicked have tried to trip you up on this journey. But yet, it says... He confesses, I have not strayed away. Because not only will the Lord show you where you are and he'll reveal your path, he will also use that same word to reveal the snares. Because there will be snares along the way. And the wicked will not win against you. Because if you will let the word work, it will protect you from even what's ahead to take you out. And David said, though they tried to get me, I have not strayed. I have not gotten caught by the wicked. But how many times did I almost step on that trap? But because the light was shining on my path, the Lord preserved me. The third and last section of my closing today in verse 111, he said, I've got some testimonies. Sometimes it gets a little scary. You know, I will admit to you that we've all had light and dark. We've all had a lantern before us. It's brighter at your feet than it is in your future. We know how this works. My family uh, last week went to Galveston, and uh, I was feeling horrible after catching all those big fish, so I had to take a break and rest. But <clears throat> it's just a sacrifice I had to make to feed the family. But uh, 
We ate like four little fish. But someone's got to do it. Most expensive fish you'll ever eat, man. That, that one pound of filet. Woo! Add that up. And so they went out. They love to do this thing. They, I don't know if you've done it before. They go out, and they'll have the little flashlights, and they will look for these sand crabs. And they, at night, at the beach, some of y'all hadn't done it. It's really crazy, but the kids love it. They run everywhere, and it's like, it's like hide-and-go-seek with, with sand crabs. And they're having a blast. But those lights are really bright right here in front of you. And then it fades in the distance to where you don't see everything. The Apostle Paul said like this. He said, I, I see good, but it's like everything I see is like through a glass darkly. I can't make out everything in the future. So no matter... How much word you've got, how much you study, how much you go to church, you still won't see everything. And I think this is the reason, Andrew, why he talked about the heritage of testimony. Because what has been illuminated that will never go dark is what God's already done for you. And here's what's beautiful about this scripture. There'll be times in my life when I won't be able to see everything I'd like to ahead of me but there'll never be a day in my life when I can't look back and see 40 years of the hand of God on my life see 40 years of blessing because the light may not go very far forward but the testimony goes all the way back to the beginning and when it seems like you won't make it, and it seems like there's not enough word to get you through, there's a testimony of the faithfulness of God in your past. And if God can do it yesterday, and if God can do it for Grandma, and God can do it for Grandpa, and God can do it for them, then God can do it again in the future. If he can take care of yesterday's battles, he can take care of tomorrow's battles. Let that word go to your heart right now that when you don't have a clue how this thing will wrap up just look back how many times did I almost slip how many times did I have been dead how many times should I not have made it but the Lord was there for me how many times that I think God wouldn't come through for me and it wouldn't have been the end how many times did the Lord say yeah but I caught you and I got you and so I'll do it again and I'll do it again tomorrow and I'll do it again next week and I'll do it again and you may not have a word for the next 30 years but you've got 30 years backwards to look and see that you should have been dead and you should have been gone but the Lord's mercy and grace reached down and picked you up yesterday he'll do it again tomorrow so listen when you when you look at your feet and you think that's too ugly and you look at your future and say that's not long enough I don't have enough information look at your past and don't just see the the hell you went through see the hell you were delivered out of and you will find what you need to make it to the end. Do you want to make it to the end, church family? Then spiritually take off your shoes and socks today and be real and honest with what's going on secretly. Deal with where you are and let God find you. That's what it says. It says, can I access your location? You realize that is, that is just like our God. He doesn't make us do anything. It is just like our God to say, do you give me permission to get to where you are right now?
so that, not, not so I can embarrass you, not so that I can condemn you, not so that I can make you feel like trash. I only want to deal with where you're at now just so I can take you somewhere better. And for far too long, you've let the devil tell you that that preacher, that church, and that God just wants to talk about your feet. But we really don't want to talk about your feet. We just want to find out where you're at so that we can take you out of it. Y'all, we're destined for great things. We're called by God as a church, but we never get there if we hide. And I, I am a big proponent. If you're new to our church, I'm a big proponent for not hiding. You know the reason why I get so frustrated with gossip in our church is because it makes a bad atmosphere for people to come out. I've just learned over the years that if we don't get along with each other, we don't love each other, people won't expose what they're dealing with. We just come to church and hide and be like, oh, perfect. Don't find out about me. My God, you're going to tell everybody. And we have learned to trick each other. Because we have created a culture that feet is bad. That if you have ugly feet, you can't be saved. You're not right. Oh, look at me. And so what we do, we cover them up. Nobody wants to go to church anymore and reveal the truth of what they're battling because they're afraid that they'll lose something in the kingdom. Everybody I've ever met that exposed their wrong and got right with God was blessed, anointed, and elevated. Everybody. You can survive the naysayers and the gossipers when you take your shoes off. Because with everyone, with every shoe you take off, with every, every time you expose someone, there's somebody that will laugh at you. Someone that will compare themselves to you and say, my feet are better. I'm so glad I'm not ugly like that. But somebody else will say, good for you for finally getting that dealt with. Good for you for finally having the braveness to get up and say, I want help. And you know, in this church, as a, as a man of God, here's what I honor. I honor people who have the boldness to confess they're going through something. You know, you know how I talk about you when I go to lunch? I go, Lori, I saw them come to the altar. And I've been praying for them for months. And I've been waiting for months for them to get up. I know they're battling. I know it. I can see it on their face. And they finally came and broke through. And I'm so glad because I already knew they were struggling because I can tell when you have no future, your feet are messed up. I know by default that when you're not going forward, it's because you won't take your shoes off. I don't know. Maybe that's why God said, Moses, take your shoes off. Know why God does what He does, but but maybe it just connects contextually right now. That maybe God was just kind of like, you know what, you want to work with me, you want a future? Take off the protective shoes that you think you'll need for the journey. And I want you to just feel what it's like to just stand here with nothing and need me. But the place that you stand is holy. I'll be your covering. I'll take care of your sin. I'll deal with your shortcomings. I'll deal with your faults. I'm going to tell you, it takes a lot of faith. I'm just, I'm just trying to flow in the Holy It takes a lot of faith to open up your feet to God. You know why? Because you believe he'll 
he'll take care of you. You believe you believe he's your father. You believe that he'll protect you. You believe he'll cover you. He'll cleanse you. It's a very difficult thing for us in the human nature to come uncover. But when you do, I'm telling you, it's the most beautiful, wonderful thing in all of the kingdom of God. When people say, I need help. Everyone that's able to take off those coverings and expose it to God, God gives them a future. The question is right now, do you even want a future? Because if you want a future, I'm telling you, just get to the place where you're cool with airing it all out. I preach today up here with crooked toes on a line before whoever watches it. Hopefully, but the shields didn't zoom in. To, to show you that it's okay to reveal your insecurity. Y'all, I, I didn't even tell you all this, but this is truth. When I was growing up, I would wear full covered like shoes in like, the, you know, they have those, those flip flops. They have a little between your toes and then they have like the covering ones. That's why I probably got Crocs because, because they cover my toes. I was embarrassed growing up because my three toes on the end were curled and everybody's walking around with their shoes off. I was embarrassed. It has been a lifelong like thing for me. And I'm staying here today on a stage, not afraid. Because now I understand the value of dealing with stuff that you're afraid of. Anybody that's ever hidden anything has gotten worse. You know what I'm most worried about in the church? People, they're like, I'm good, I'm good. No, brother, I pray if fast. Oh, you're lying to me. You're just a man. You're just a woman. You got, you got to own it. Have humility. You're just a man. You're just a woman. You're not perfect. You're going through things too. We all know that about each other, but yet we still come in here and we have our fancy shoes and we, we dance and we put on a show and we're hurting and we're broken and we wish we had a future. God help us. Not this church. Not Austin Christian. That's not going to work here. It is the will of God for us to be open and have faith and get rid of all fear. Cast out all fear. Everybody say, get rid of fear. Get rid of all the fear. Hey, just make up your mind today, church, church family, saint, guest. Talk about me if you want to. I'm getting the future. Say what you want. I'm getting the future. You ain't going to go home with me. I got demons in my house. I'm getting the future. Laugh about my feet. Talk about my drama. Talk about my issues all you want to. Hey, I'm almost done. I got, I got a word for you. Watch this. For everybody that laughs at you, somebody else will help carry you. If you want help with your feet, expose it and let God rescue you. There will always be mockers on the sidelines. There will always be somebody gossiping about you. But I promise you, if you're willing to be vulnerable, God will take you into your future and give you destiny. Let's all stand together and prepare our hearts. It's time for us to pray for a few moments today. Jose, we can, we can sing or we can play. Thank you, Jesus. God, I want our church to be open and vulnerable, and I want to see people grow. And I want to see people get out of what they're in. I want to see people have a future. 
that's better than their past. And I, I, I wish it could be easier. But you've got, you've got to do this. You've got to do it. When I was growing up in church, y'all remember, you may grow up in church? Raise your hand if you grew up in church. Been here a long time. Okay. Back in the day, when I was growing up in church, they would have these services and they'd preach about sin. And they would make a, a call and be like, if there's a sinner here today that you've been smoking and drinking and doing bad and all this bad stuff, come on down here. And everybody just be standing there. All the saints be standing there. You know, there's 200 saints. Everybody's perfect. And there's like three guests. And we all know who you are. And we'd all be standing there like, well, that's not for me. I'm, I'm in the church. And then you know what have to happen? One or two or three of them would have to walk down the middle aisle in front of all of us. Awkward. I felt sorry for them. I was a, I was a teenager. I was young, and I'd be like, "That's embarrassing." I would not want to be the only one to do that. And I would see people every now and then just get up and go to the altar, and and the preacher would be like, "That's good, sir. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming." And these people would march from the back to the front after just being called out for basically being ugly feet. And they would take off their shoes, spiritually speaking, and they would march them ugly feet all the way down the front. And I thought to myself, "That's embarrassing." But you can't do that in this generation melt. But that's how we used to have an, an altar call. That's how people used to get converted. And when people would go down to the front, I would watch God radically transform them after that. And now today, let's skip to modern day. It's like, let's all come to the front. We want everyone to feel comfortable and I've noticed it doesn't hit them as hard. You know why? Here's why. Because when you are willing to step out from among the crowd and be ugly feet, nothing says to God that you want a future more than that. Nothing tells God how serious you are. Except when you strip it all off. Walk through the middle of a crowd of people that could talk about you for years. Don't care about what anybody else thinks. I'm an addict and I need help. I've got problems no one can solve. I'm in so deep that you can all laugh. You can all think you're better than me. But I came to this house today for help. And I'm walking down there and I'm going to get delivered before I leave. And there's something special about people that can say, I'm going. Look, laugh, talk, I'm going. Say what you want. I struggled last night. I messed up this week. I know me, and I'm getting out of it. And when people have that attitude, I've watched God deliver them fast. I've watched them receive the Holy Ghost quickly. I've watched them be delivered quick. I just think there's something special about people saying, yeah, that's me he's talking about. I got problems. I don't want today to be easy on anybody because that's not how the power of God flows. The power of God flows when you are willing to reveal what's really going down with your life. Y'all been doing this a long time, and I've heard a lot of testimonies of, yeah, yeah, you know, my dad worships in church, but at home he talks to me like this, or he cusses or he drinks on the side. I've been doing this a long time to look across the crowd and say, yeah, we're all perfect. We got our suits and ties on. No, I've been doing this too long for you to tell me that. The truth is, when you know you need something from God, 
can you strip off those socks? Walk down that aisle and say, Jesus, help me get my future back because I'm stuck in this mess and I want out. Can I go to upgrade 2.0? It's not just you're smoking and you're drinking and problems with sex. There's pride, there's bitterness, there's unforgiveness, there's anger problems. That's happening too right now in this room, but we don't think that's worth a trip to the front. You got marriage problems and you know it, it's obvious, but you won't deal with it because you want to keep your shoes on. You will not have a future if you keep pretending that your feet are fine. Let's close our eyes. Right now the Holy Ghost is saying, can I have access to you? Right now the Lord is saying, do I have access to you? Because you don't have to let me in if you don't want it. Will you even let me come in? Do I have access to you? Do you want a future? Do you want to be free of this mess that you're in? Because if you'll just let me come in.